Folks, we are back with Fuel Pod episode 11. A real quick announcement right off the bat. So my buddy Chad, he's on vacation. I mean, he can say vacation. Basically, I fired him, and he is manning a radar station in Alaska. I mailed him his clothes. Um, his kids are somewhere else. Who knows where? But uh, basically, yeah, he's he's on a very long vacation. Just kidding. He'll be back next week. Nobody worry. I know he's the funny one, so we'll go with that. But, hey, got my good friend F1 Farmer here tonight with us. He's going to sit in and uh, and handle this business uh, with me, and we're going to be talking about a lot of different types of racing tonight. Since oh, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely going to take advantage of the fact that Chad is not here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we both might do that from yeah. time to time. Yeah, so um gt world challenge europe if you're listening we are leading with you tonight so i hope you enjoy this part because this weekend the gt world challenge europe was at the circuit paul ricard in france which is a famous track whether you're a gt world challenge fan or not f1 runs here uh is there anybody else does imza run here uh you know what i don't believe imza does uh i don't either but you got a lot of feeder series that are, are running there yeah um and of course, the uh, the circuit's owned by uh, Mr. Ecclestone himself. I didn't know that. That's his private toy. Yes, sir. The, one of the ugliest circuits you can ever lay your eyes on because of that uh, off off surface paint that they have. Yeah, I call it the Chicago Cubs Stadium because every turn looks like the Chicago Cubs logo. There you go. But uh, as you guys will readily find out, um, F1 Farmer is a expert in minutia when it comes to racing. Accurate. So I'm actually excited about having him here tonight so we can talk about this, but the big thing about this race, and I think if GT World Challenge Europe was here tonight, they would say, is this is the big tune-up, the big primer, the big practice for the six-hour races, or the, excuse me, the 24 hours at Spa. So huge, huge race. Um, it ran from six to midnight so that drivers could get, take advantage of the the daytime conditions versus the nighttime conditions, which for some of the drivers, it was brand new. Yeah, you bet. You bet. A lot of these guys, uh, especially when you get into some of the, that I hate to call it lesser 24 hour races, but spa in terms of, of greater recognition, obviously behind yeah. Lamar. Uh, but because Even of that, behind you, Daytona, which absolutely. is crazy, but you end up seeing a lot of, of, uh, uh, lesser experienced drivers in races oh, like yeah. that. And, uh, and a lot of those guys have just never been in a big fur ball doing 180 down the <laughs> down the straight after the top of Radion. You know, it's a it's a it's a different deal. Well, even coming down the Mistral straight, you know, I was watching the post race interview with uh, Valentino Rossi, who by no means is an inexperienced racer. Hardly. I mean, the guy's the Lewis Hamilton of MotoGP, and now he is in you know in GT World Challenge. And really excellent start came out of the blocks on turn one in, in position seven. So good time for him. And he'd only done the, the sprint races with GT world challenge. So this was his huge opening into endurance racing. Very, very cool. Yeah. Bale's so, done a, a, a lot of, a lot of neat tests over the years, but I've never seen him strap one on officially uh, all four tires. That is. Yeah. And you can so, see his eyeballs through that. Helmet oh, yeah. though, when they showed the end cap, he was like, Oh my God, what are we doing? Yeah. So, 
Um, let's talk about some big winners real quick. Obviously, Ferrari, um, really excellent job, specifically the Iron Links Ferrari team and specifically Fuoco, uh, who finished the race in, in the last stint with Ferrari. Uh, and then Mercedes coming in second, and they kind of had a weird race, and we'll get to that in a second. And then my other big winner for that was Aston Martin, who out of a 54-car car field only had two cars. No kidding. Only had two out of 54 cars. Almost all of them were Audis, you know, Lambos, mostly Audis and Lambos. And then Ferrari, Porsche, BMW had a few cars in there. But Aston Martin had two vantages in there. And yes, guys, everybody I know that's been listening to this podcast knows I'm a huge Aston Martin homer. But they had two cars. And they came in like seventh and like 34th, which I'll take. Absolutely. In GT3. I mean, Absolutely. GT3 is the premier when it comes to, to GT World Challenge. So, And it's great to see Aston doing well, you know, especially with some of the, the changes that have happened in the, in the company administration over oh, the yeah. past few years. Absolutely. Uh, tying back to F1 a little bit with Mr. Stroll. And I think you should tie back to that because it was you that was talking about, hey, the F1 Aston Martin car is not technically... Well, it's a Mercedes. Full on it. Yeah, and everybody knows it. I mean, hell, they even had the controversy... Where they showed up in the in the green Mercedes, and then of course a couple of weeks ago showing up in the green Red Bull. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, you know, I'm glad to see them doing well in a car that is theirs. It's an Aston Martin. It truly so, is. Yes, uh, it's one of the few series where that actually happens. So the not so fortunate uh, Porsche, specifically Backler, was a favorite going into this race. He got pretty much knocked out in the first three laps. Uh, couldn't really tell if it was his fault, but when you got 54 cars going into turn one at Paul Ricard, there's <laughs> it's kind of hard to tell. Something's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. So he got put out early. Lamborghini, who's Emil Frey team and all the other Partamina Lamborghini teams, really tough time, especially at the end of the race once the lights went out. So. Well, you know, it, it, it's nice to have you to fill me in on all of these. Unfortunately, I've missed uh, the, the great majority of the races we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, uh, with few except with a few exceptions, but yeah. uh, uh, your your uh, uh, interest in these in these other series that that are not so common is great because you know through this podcast you're able to expose a, a predominantly NASCAR audience to yeah. some for- really truly kick ass forms of racing. Yeah, man, and listen, you know we're talking, you know NASCAR last week talking about Charlotte was their was their endurance race and. Um, while NASCAR is not governed by the FIA and, and, uh, you know, it, for an FIA race to be classified as endurance, it has to be over six hours and the NASCAR race almost hit that. Um, but you know, these cars, these are cars we grow up. These are cars that somebody is wanting to drive eventually. You know, you look at a kid that's growing up and he's like, you know, he's thinking about, he starts hitting 12, 13 years old. Yep. What do I want to drive? And maybe that's not going to be my first car. But eventually, and I still think that, and I'm 47, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would love to drive an Aston Martin DB series at some point. Is it going to happen? Probably not. But, you know, Audis, you see, you saw Tony Stark drive the Audis in the Avengers movies, and you see Lamborghinis everywhere, you know? Absolutely. So. Yeah, and the the greatest part to that is is not just uh, the relatability in terms of watching the race, but these machines truly do share a great portion of their structure and mechanics with the production streetcars, especially when you include the, the GT2 or GT3 street variants. Uh, and I don't, uh, I don't know if, uh, 
uh, GT World Challenge is a homologated series. It is. Or not. It is. It okay, is a so so you can buy these cars. Yeah. And drive it on the street. Well, yeah, and and I'm not a huge you know Mercedes fan, but uh, it wasn't. I don't know. Two months ago, I was down in Dallas. That and Coop's saw a the, monster. Saw the uh, Mercedes AMG down there, and that's a beautiful ride. AMG GT uh, is a gorgeous, gorgeous toy. Ultra competitive in 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 the GT World Challenge, usually coming in somewhere on the podium, sometimes twice on the podium, either first and third or second and third. And they've got a great driver in uh, Rafael Marchiello. Oh, yeah. Really incredible driver. Um, you know, Ferrari's got their own with, they got the AF Corsa team, and they also got Iron Links, which it was Iron Links that pulled it out this weekend. Uh, but again, oh, that's awesome. That's the, that's the privateer side in yeah. comparison to, to of course. So, uh, let the, uh, let the manufacturer take, uh, take the back burner for yeah. a second. I love that. Yeah, but- absolutely. And the funny thing was we got towards the end of the race and the lights went out and oddly enough in South France, it apparently does not get dark till right about 11 o'clock. Yeah. It's, it's fairly far North. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't know what the latitude is, but it's up there. Yeah. It's gotta be. And it's weird. So anyway, we get down there it's, it's pitch black. Um, these guys are, are driving headlights. You don't know who you're racing, who you're not racing. Uh, Fuoco driving the Iron Lynx Ferrari. He's out front. He's got a 17 second lead. Oh boy. Which is huge in GT World Challenge. That's an eternity. There's a safety car. I think there was something like seven or eight lapped cars between him and the second place Lamborghini. And he has nothing to worry about, right? So, the, the race restarts. He's got a he's got a 24 second lead after he pits, and he's still trying to he's catching traffic and he's worried about losing the lead. He didn't need to, but you know I started thinking, man, the lights are out, and I've I've done road trips at night just in a regular car, and and you do get different. You you get more tense. It, yeah, absolutely. And, and you worry about things, how things are going on the road, and so I tried to put myself in his shoes, and obviously I can't do it, but you know. He could have just cruise control. He did a dive bomb in a turn trying to get around some traffic, and and he didn't cause the accident that happened next, but an Audi ended up getting into a Lamborghini, and the Lamborghini ended up having a tire puncture, and, and it was a favored Lamborghini, that mm-hmm. one right there, and uh, later on. And they end up in the pits, and it cost them a top-five finish. Wow. So he didn't need to do it, but I'm still happy Ferrari won it, so no big deal there. Was it uh, was it lap traffic that he was coming up yeah, on? Because even fifth place in a six-hour race can be lap traffic. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, there were only two cars on the lead lap. I, I think, believe at it. That time. Two yeah. or three cars. Yep. So anyway, but the other race this weekend at the same track, and they usually run concurrently, is the GT4 series. And not going to go crazy. I love the GT4 series. It's you know we're talking about a one car level below GT3, but they have their own challenges. Um, it's a little harder to break those cars, so. You know, it seems like they're going pretty hard into turns, into corners, and trying to get out of them with the exit speed. They're probably they, more of a momentum car. They're lower yeah. power, lower mechanical grip. Absolutely. Uh, it, it's going to be uh, uh, the uh, those races are won in the breaks. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. Uh, uh, it takes a it takes a fine touch for those lower power cars. You don't you can't uh, can't just uh, step on the loud pedal a little harder to correct your mistakes. <laughs> Yeah, and the and the cool thing about the GT4 series is you do see some cars you don't see in GT3. Uh, Aston Martin won the the GT4 series race, but it was a Toyota Supra, the new Toyota Supra GT, which 
if you're looking at that car and you're thinking BMW, you wouldn't be far off because BMW did work with them. Be pretty accurate. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but it also has a really huge callback to the 70s, late 60s, early 70s era S2000 GT, which is an iconic car for Toyota. Yep. Uh, with that GT back, that, that scooped back, that cut back, and that long front nose. Um, it came in second this weekend. So Toyota really making really making hedgerows and in, in trying to get up there towards the front. And then, of course, Mercedes came in third. So uh, great race for GT4 uh, Europe this weekend as well. Well, it looks like Mercedes is uh, continuing their F1 trend in all other series. Yeah. Uh, up there, but, but not at the top. I freaking hate it, oh, but they boy. still do very well. <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah you got you got to give him credit even though you don't like to sometimes yeah so uh and i'm gonna go ahead and skip and, and handle something else that's at the end but we have two other gt world challenge series one's in america for the gt3 and then we also have the gt4 series america they didn't have a race this weekend obviously uh their next race is another week and a half away or two weeks away at virginia international raceway so Beautiful racetrack. Obviously, I'll have we'll have very similar coverage to that uh, when that race comes along, and looking forward to that as well. You but, bet. but we did have a NASCAR race this weekend, and I'd be remiss since Chad's not here. Part of me just wants to go. Yeah, there was a NASCAR race. It was on an oval. Awesome. It was in St. Louis. Let's move on. But we did have a NASCAR. all in favor. Oh <laughs> yeah, obviously. But I want to hit a couple high points. I'm calling it the. Uh, the show me something 500 at Missouri since it's the show me state. Yes, sir. There was some controversy. Um, our, the fuel pod and, and uh, Eric, you know, as well as we do that we've been speaking about Ross Chastain for every week since we started this podcast. And he's the official unofficial official driver of the, of the fuel pod. Uh, the watermelon farmer. I can get behind that. Yeah. Ross is a good dude. And he is, and he's got a good team, and they hired Kimmy Raikkonen on, on their like, Saw that. team. Love so. it. One of my favorite drivers of all time. Big, big sight about that. But uh, he had a uh, he had a little fight going on this weekend with uh, Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott. Uh, he basically <laughs> he basically ran Hamlin off into the wall a couple times. Hamlin was obviously pissed. I'm obviously not because I'm not a huge Denny Hamlin fan, but uh, he still ended up coming in. I want to say it was, let's see, I think it was eight. Wow, that was my phone that just fell off the table. Yeah, he came, Ross came in, ended up coming in eighth doing all the fighting, but it was Joey Logano, um, another guy that was, you know, when he first came in into the series was just on fire. He's He won a championship a few years ago. Uh, not a huge fan because, you know, I kind of yeah. ranked him with Denny Hamley because they seemed to gripe a lot at the time. But uh, but Ross came in eighth after the fighting with uh, Chase Elliott. As you can see, uh, Chase Elliott and Denny Hamlin didn't come in the top ten at all. Yep. Which I'm pleasantly okay with. AJ Dingelinger came in tenth. Uh, so <laughs> I I just like saying AJ Dingelinger. AJ Allmendinger. I'm, I'm actually if, AJ if you're listening to this, which I know you're not, but if you are, I'm I'm a huge fan. But dude, you got the coolest sorry play on last name. Yeah. In NASCAR. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's worse than Dick Trickle. <laughs> it was always like ESPN. I don't know if you remember this from the 80s, but every time they'd report on a NASCAR race, they'd always say, this person came in first, this person came in second, this person came in third. 
and Dick Trickle yes. came in, whatever he came in, which yes. was usually 43rd. Yes, Dick, Dick was uh, known in my memory for smoking cigarettes in the car during Yellow Flags. Uh, and I believe they were Marlboros in a Winston pack because the, Are you serious because right the now? cameras couldn't see him with anything but a Winston pack. But, uh, of course, that was not what was in the pack. Yeah, of course not. Yeah. So I mean, you'd, you'd see anything. a little hand, two fingers, and a cigarette sneaking out the yeah. uh, the window net during yellow flags. That's my memory of Dick Trickle. He might Trickle. have been smoking the wacky Chewbacca. Yeah, <laughs> may have been possible. Yeah. So anyway, so that was our NASCAR race. Um, I don't know where they are next, and I, I, I got to tell you guys, and I'm sorry, but I'm not that concerned with it um, as we move into – some coverage on the world rally championship that happened this weekend, uh, which was in and of itself crazy. Uh, so especially at this place. Yeah. Sardinia is an Island for one thing. It has no tree cover. Um, it's getting baked by the sun. They run almost every single stint of this thing in the sun. Um, you know, so, it's baked gravel pretty much the entire time. You do get some dirt sections, which I'm sure this is a respite. Yeah, I was going to say this is a predominantly uh, gravel stages, is it not? Yes, it yeah. is. Okay. It's a it's pretty much considered a gravel course, as I use my big air quotes. But uh, you know, it was funny going into this race. Um, uh, Hyundai was not the favored car for this race. In fact, it was a kind of a toss up between the uh, between the Ford and the Toyota Yaris. Mm -hmm. But Toyota had a tough time. There was a couple suspension failures. Uh, you can see this course portion right here going oh. through the trees. That was really narrow. There was a couple of guys that did what was called the boom, boom, bang and lost their transmission or their suspension and were completely out of the series. Yeah. But, you know, it was Oit Tannic in the Hyundai, believe it or not, the Hyundai I-20 uh, that came in first. Uh, the Ford, and I'm going to use the European pronunciation, the Ford Puma. Ah, yes. Very nice. For, for those of us that wear the, the Puma shoes. Yes. Did you the, hold your pinky out when you said I that? Did. The, the Ford Puma, uh, driven by Breen, uh, came in second. And then Sordo, the Spaniard, and his uh, co-driver, also a Spaniard, oddly enough, uh, came in third, also in a Hyundai. So uh, some of the... Oddly enough, Danny Sordo is the only name I recognize yeah. out of that entire podium. Well, it tells you, you how know, much I've been following Rally. Well, oddly enough, though, these are, these are the guys. Tannic, maybe Podium. Breen, maybe podium, but you know, you're, you're looking for a lot of different people. You're looking for Sebastian Auger or Sebastian Loeb yeah. or, um, those boys are all out playing on the deck. Yeah. Or Covan or any of those guys that, to, that normally show up there, but there they are parked on the side of the road, uh, mm -hmm. holding up other traffic. So, uh, Newville is another one that, that should have been up there this weekend. and just wasn't, he came in, I think he came in fifth. So what's Newville driving? Uh, he is also in a, uh, Toyota Yaris. Okay. So, um, anyway, uh, could have been better for those guys. So kind of an odd week where, where Hyundai really pulled it out. So they're probably looking forward to the next rally, which is, should be decent. And we're back in the gravel, I think on the next one. So I need Good to, deal. I didn't really look it up this week. We had so much stuff to cover. World rally is such a blast to watch. Even if you have no clue who the drivers yeah. or teams are just, just watching the sheer skill and bravery of these guys and the, <laughs> the bravery of the people standing on the side of the track as well. Uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of Americans could stand to, 
to watch some more of this stuff and understand that it's not all just uh, Ken Block. Yeah. There are some boys out it's there that are Jim actually Connor. good at yeah. this. <laughs> and, you know, here's my thing. And, folks, if you're listening to this and you've been listening for a few weeks and you're trying to gr either grasp or maybe get into some of these other things that I've been bringing up the last few weeks, at first, don't even worry about the drivers. I know that's going to be the tough call. Uh, but, you know, you got some weird names out there, and I get that. But latch on to a manufacturer. You know, get used to, hey, I'm rooting for, or or their sponsor. I'm rooting for the Red Bull car. I'm rooting for all the cars that are driving Red Bull, or I'm rooting for Shell, or whoever you're rooting for. Latch on to one of those. After that, the drivers will come second nature, and you'll know who they are and what they you do bet. and who their wives are and all that business. So, uh, and that's GT World Challenge or Rally, because these are a lot, and these guys deserve your respect, because, they're driving out there on the hairy edge. You bet they all are. the time with some incredible, incredible skill sets. I mean, yeah. these guys really, really are good at what they do. Yeah, there's literally never a like, especially with rally, really never a point where the car has grip. No, it's it's maintaining the chaos. It, it, it's it's directed thrust. It's yeah. vectored thrust. Uh, <laughs> there's a, a vectored thrust and or uh, just pure ballistic trajectory yeah absolutely uh but uh but that takes a lot of intuition a lot of skill and that seat of pants seat of the pants driving ability that uh you know that uh is just not as common as it used to be yeah it's uh that's kind of crazy in and of itself um so moving on um we have formula one is is back doing its thing this weekend and uh baku. and they're at baku so uh you want to go ahead and give your your uh, since this is your first week on here, man, you want to give your opinions on on Azerbaijan and Baku? Well, uh, you know, I tend to, with the exception of Monaco, which gets a uh, uh, you know just a pass for for uh, good old time's sake, uh, I tend to hate on most street circuits when Do it comes you? to F one. I never knew that, with the exception of Singapore. Okay. But lately, some of these new tracks that have been added in the past, let's say, what, maybe three seasons. Oh, absolutely. You know, Saudi Arabia, uh, Azerbaijan. Well, actually, Azerbaijan's been around for a number of even, years, 15 would, or 16, I believe, was the first race. But I would even almost lump China in there, even though it's not a street circuit. It, it acts like a street it, circuit. Yeah, it's very flat, very uncharacteristic, yeah. you know. Um, but they did such a such a neat job integrating some some really bizarre parts of the town into this track in azerbaijan that it's uh it's developed not just a, a really neat visual experience when you're watching the race as a fan yeah but according to these drivers it's it's uh it's an interesting drive and you've got the longest straight in all of f1 i believe all of f1 history i didn't know that uh it's uh what isn't it uh it's uh it's well over a kilometer. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I think it was 1.6, but I didn't know it was the longest one. I believe it is. Yeah, I can't think of any others in in existing, I mean, uh, in modern day track layouts that are longer. I got to tell you, running it virtually, I would have to agree with you now that I think about it. Because once you come off that final turn, which is a sweeper, it's a left-hand sweeper. Well, and actually, now that you say that, you remind me. I may be wrong. It may not be the longest straight, but it is the longest full throttle run. Yes, I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah, it is. It's nuts. Yeah. And folks, we're kind of watching it right now as we as we talk about it. But uh, just to get it, you know, kind of jump our jump start our memories on a lot of this track. But it is a street course. It's right through town. Uh, Azerbaijan Baku itself is a beautiful city uh, with a lot of lot of rich history. Um, 
there's a lot of, and Chad would, if he was here, he'd probably laugh, but there's a lot of please box to retire the car turns. In, oh, yes. On this, on this course. Oh, yes. I mean, the castle turn comes to mind, obviously. That's, you bet. That's the most signature. And turn one for that matter. Oh, yeah. Turn Just one. Just because of the, the, you know, you're talking about milliseconds of braking distance yeah. to determine who's going to be ahead at that apex and it's, and it's weird because that turn has so much runoff you'd think okay it's going to be a pretty lenient turn but you're going so fast coming out i was out just of gonna say you're, you're coming in from probably what 215 yeah, 218 absolutely. something like in mile per hour uh i mean these guys are really really humming coming into the end of this and and they're not geared for an especially fast track either no. they're, they're not built like a monza uh set out right is, because you know, after that first turn is a tight road course yeah. or a street course yeah it's yeah it's tighter than a junior on prom night bro you I betcha mean, you're going in there it's it's really rough so um you know you really got to think about what you're doing you know looking at the teams right now which teams i think are probably going to have a car that's obviously i think ferrari is going to have the best all-around car because ferrari's always been kind of the the fair i call it the fair weather setup because they set up master of all trade or jack of all trades yes. master of none yes you know they're they're pretty maneuverable and they're pretty fast but they're not the fastest and they're not the most maneuverable right yeah Whereas, very unlike an adrian newey or right. or uh, some of the the uh, mercedes boys yeah it's just not the same thought process yeah and you know mercedes is going to be balls to the wall it's going to be a balls to the wall setup where absolutely they're, where they're going to be tough on brakes the entire the entire race and george is going to be fast yeah yeah, I'm looking forward to George. That's, that's he had he's got he's he's in with a chance at uh, of at Baku, I think. Yeah, and I'm predicting probably second for for Russell. That's my that's my prediction. I would think podium one. for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely it, yeah. podium. Yeah, but definitely a second. Uh, and a podium above the car's capability. You know, I went back and watched uh, three years worth of footage on highlights for Baku. I think Max. I mean, with the exception of the year where. Him and Ricardo got into each other. Yes. And ran off into the service alley. But um, I think Verstappen has a solid chance. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, Checo does okay here, but this is not one of his better courses. No. Um, so, I, you know, I don't know how he's going to do, but maybe coming off of a yeah solid Monaco performance. And, and, we're, and we're talking this year with the new formula, the new cars, a lot of those things that are, that are driving style related – go out the window we just won't know till we see bro you just um, brought up a really that's a really incredible it's, thing it's every reset a lot of expectations yes for everyone yeah mm -hmm. dude that's nuts man and uh, i it's kind of a little bit of my theory behind what kmag's been doing this year you know he he uh got the emergency call uh jumped out uh jumped out of the car in the u.s yeah ran over and hopped in and you know he's been testing indie cars he's been racing indy cars a little bit here and there he's He's got that feel for the heavier, larger, uh, uh, bigger, you know, more rubber style of car. Yeah. And now in F1, we've, we've been given a formula that's very similar to that. So I think he probably came in a little more in tune with that type of car than anybody else, at least if we're ignoring a simulator time. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even think about that, but it also begs the question, do you think Rojan would do better? <laughs> Uh, as long as they can keep the black side down, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing those two back in the Haas just for one race to see, see what happens. Oh boy. The Phoenix. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I do love Roma and, uh, but he, he does have a checkered past. Yes, he does. 
yeah. know, with, with multiple uh, instances of evidence that are on national TV. Yeah. And, it, you know, folks, if you watch Drive to Survive, I mean, they literally showed pit crews going, hey, do you think Roman will make it out of turn, turn one? one? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, really good stuff there.